everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Carrie. What's up? Uh, I don't have anything clever to explain Micah's absence. Uh, I know we normally like to shit on people when they turn up missing uh, on the show. Uh, Terrence also out this week as well while his internet continues to get sorted. Um, big news week this week. Obviously, you guys know what the main topic is. We'll get to it later on in the show. Yep. Um, I want to talk about Destiny. Okay. It's killing me that Mike is not here because you're because not going to have I the have same level of appreciation. Nothing to say. Right. <laughs> so if you guys are in our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans, you probably saw a post about this already. But if you're not, let me take you back to a few months ago when I ranted at Bungie for the pinnacle weapon grind in the Crucible in the competitive playlist, which used to be terrible because you had to reach a specific rank in, in ranked play. And there was always a bottleneck right before you got to that rank because of everyone trying to get at the same time, people paying people to run their accounts for them to get up there. So you often were playing against players that were actually much higher skilled than that rank level actually would indicate. Um, one time, you know, I was a match away, literally one win away, and I got DDoS. Of course, that was a famous story that got told on the show. So it was a huge fucking deal. So new season comes. The new way they're changing the comp playlist, first of all, three big things. They have a solo queue playlist. So they have a playlist for a competitive where if you're by yourself, you will only match against other players that are by themselves. So you don't, you know, run a solo team of three people against a full squad that are on comms and communicating everything. That's number one. Number two, 3v3. Survival only, no other objective game modes. And 3v3 is more beneficial because it rewards individual skill. The individual gunplay and, and duels matter more than team shooting in a 3v3 playlist. Okay. But the biggest thing is they added the true score system to Destiny, which evaluates your gameplay minute by minute. Not just match by match, minute by minute. Rewards you with ranked points based on how well you play. Not just if you win or lose. To get you to the rank that you're supposed to be, according to your skill level, as fast as humanly possible, so that lower-ranked players don't have to deal with the upper-ranked guys. So, I log on Sunday night. Now, carrying my goal here, I have to get 2,100 rank points. In the competitive playlist, you gain points when you win, you lose points when you lose matches. Go into the solo queue playlist. I'm like, we're going to get the grind started. I didn't expect to, anything to happen. Uh, you know, I expected to get to chip away at it to begin to begin the journey up the playlist. Sure. So I had 200 rank points to start. Okay. First match, dominate. Great job. They give me like 250 points. I'm like, damn. Like they're 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 not fucking around with this uh with this rank system. Next match, win 250 points. I'm like, cool. Next match, win 300 points. I'm like, holy shit! Like they're fucking raining points on me. This is amazing. Go on a seven match win streak. Like, all fucking right. Like, I'm, we're fucking doing it, boys. We're doing it. 1,800, I have, like, 18-something, 1,800-some rank points. So I'm like, man, if I win one more match, I might get to 2,100 right away. This will be great. Oh. So the next match, I lose. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Now I'm going to get dinged for, like, 100 points. Nah. I lost four rank points. Oh. <laughs> Coming off a seven-win streak, I, lo I lose a match. Played not great, but not I didn't, like, shit all over my face or anything. And right. they're like, we're only going to dock you four points. I'm like, all right. And then the next match, win, 300 points, 2197 or wherever I was. Pinnacle grind, over. All the weapons that I've been trying to get for the last couple seasons, 
dumped into my inventory. Nine matches. Easy. Easy mode. Well, I guess I'm happy for you. I'm. You should be happy for <laughs> me. Uh, so kudos, Bungie, for fixing probably you know ideally fixing comp. Um, that's great. That's cool. all I got to say. Cool. Tell me. I'm glad they fixed it. Yeah. Tell me what I. So okay, I'm I'm aware of the phenomenon <laughs> that is Untitled Goose Game. Yes. But because I'm an old man. Ah. And not with it, as the kids like to say anymore. Yes. I don't understand what all the fuss is about. You get to be a shit goose. Like, <laughs> it's a game where where you get to be a small agent of chaos in a <laughs> quaint little English town. And, and yeah, it's delightful. Um, it mixes some, like, puzzle elements with some, like, light stealth gameplay, but also, like, a lot of the things that you're doing are like genuine sort of like slapstick comedy kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, Cause like you're, you're just, you're just a shithead goose. Like you're just an obnoxious waterfowl. Who's come to this town <laughs> to terrorize the citizens once again. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's well done. Um, the way that the music sort of like, swells and fades as you're like doing stuff just sort of like adds to the humor um Mm -hmm. it's it's really short it's only like four or five sort of like stages um and then there's some extraneous stuff to do after you sort of i guess clear the game um but yeah it's really fun sometimes it's fun to do bad things on purpose (laughs) i i think the only thing that miffed me because i had a basic understanding of the game I remember thinking when I saw the price, it seemed expensive for what I presumed the game to be. I think I got it on sale because I think they did a sale right at launch. Okay. Um, so I think I only paid like 12 bucks for it okay. or something yeah, I like think that. It's, it and like I would 20? say it's worth 12 bucks. Okay. Like, yeah. Interesting. Um, I also finished Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. I Like I crushed that the weekend that it came out. Um, yeah. The ending of that game is still just as brutal at 30 as it was when I was nine. Uh, I mean, they did, yeah. they did tell you the whole game, what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they, they tell you halfway through the game, like shit's going to go down. You can either prepare for it or not. Um, it's interesting in, in the manga adaptation, when link finds out that the Island is a dream, um, and that if he wakes the windfish, everything will disappear. He actually like he's like, fuck this. I'm leaving. Mm. And he like builds a raft and tries to take Marin with him. And it's it's really heartbreaking. Um, yeah. Link's Awakening. The story of that game, watching the ending of that game is is really um, devastating in a way that um, Zelda had never done before or since as a series. Um, but I mean, it's. It's it's a really beautiful game, I think, and it it I think it still holds up after all this time. Um, and other than that, like I I haven't really been playing a lot of games the last couple of weeks because I've been going down to DC to watch the Nationals play in the postseason. So a lot of what would otherwise be video game time has been baseball time. Mm-hmm. So as we are recording, it is Game Four of the National League Championship Series. The Nationals are leading the St. Louis Cardinals 
seven to four in the bottom of the sixth inning. Yes, so. as as is custom on this show, um, we broadcast during elimination games or, or clinching games of DC sports teams of yeah. all varieties. <laughs> um, I'm insanely jealous of you, by the way. Like it, it, it I'm I'm happy for you, but I'm also insanely jealous that you're going to get to attend. Uh, oh, possibly multiple World Series games. So. Uh, I have tickets to Game Three and currently only Game Three. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. They still have to win. They still have to win another game in the Championship Series, and I am uncomfortable with the <laughs> three-run lead that they have right now. Well, again, I'm a we little are, tense about it. We are conditioned. Uh, though, though, I am only a fan of one DC sports team. That one team has given me enough of a complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, to understand your pain, and believe me when I tell you that the proclivities of that team uh, do extend to the other DC sports teams as mm-hmm. well. Uh, when it comes to losing in the postseason, in just worst ways possible, in spectacular <laughs> fashion, honestly. Yes, the like I said, the until the Cats won the cup, like the DC sports town uh, was very adept in the postseason at snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory on a constant basis. Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we move on from there. Uh, new releases this week. It is a super duper duper switch week this week. Um, Jackbox Party Pack Six uh, comes to PS4 and Xbox One. I thought it came to Switch too, but I don't remember seeing it on the Nintendo new release list. So I, might I think be it's wrong. supposed to be on Switch. One would assume that it would be, because um, it's not like those are very graphically intensive games or anything like that. So, but yeah. I, don't, I just don't remember seeing it. Um, that came out this week. Uh, Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, but Outer Wilds came out on PS4 uh, this week. Plants yeah. vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville comes to PS4 and Xbox One. This, of course, is essentially Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 3 for all intents and hmm. purposes. Uh, yeah. Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition comes to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, the Witcher Wild Hunt Diminished Edition comes to the Nintendo <laughs> Switch That's this fair. week. Uh, Overwatch Legendary Edition comes to Nintendo Switch. Ring Fit Adventure comes to Nintendo Switch. I'm actually kind of it's interesting. Like uh, at eighty dollars, like it's that's that's a significant investment, obviously. Um, but the fact that they're like, oh, it's like an RPG where you have to do little exercises to like hit the enemies. Um, I'm interested in that, and I'm also interested in the last. Switch and also PC game that comes out this week, which is Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition. Uh, the Cyber Sleuth games, so it's uh, the first Cyber Sleuth game and then Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory. Are you going to uh, play through these again on your Switch? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, like I think I think they are two of the best JRPGs to come out in the last decade, um, without hesitation, particularly when combined together. Um, yeah, uh, a big reason why I'm playing them both, um, again, is because you can sort of link the games. And when Mm -hmm. I played them on PS4, I played the first game, um, my old roommate's PS4 on his account. So that was before I had my own. So I wasn't able to link them. Also, it's two really good games for 50 bucks. And, um, I was sort of thinking about playing through both of them again, again, anyway, Mm -hmm. like before they announced that they were putting them on switch. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to get it on switch. Yeah. I'll get it portable. So apparently the Baldur's gates, uh, enhanced edition is also a pretty good port, um, of those games as well. Judging by the reviews that I checked out today. So it might also $50 for two, uh, for two, uh, notable games. So 
those are new releases. Again, if you have a Switch, it's a good week. Um, you know what else is a good week? The episode of Look Forward that Jay and I recorded earlier today. Uh, wow. That it has released as we speak. You can check that out for free uh, for at least the first hour. But to get the full episode, you have to subscribe, become a premium member. You do that by going to densepixels.com slash premium. It's just $5 a month or $50 a year. But that is not all you get. You also get access to our full slate of premium podcasts, which includes Look Forward, the full show, The Arium Grievances, The Men with the Golden Tongues, and No Time to Bleed. New episode of No Time to Bleed also released this week. Uh, the original Conan the Barbarian, uh, Jay, Micah, and Terrence talked about as well. Very good episode. Again, $5 a month, $50 a year, densepixels.com slash premium. Don't forget to go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe to the podcast. Ring the bell icon. We post this podcast in video form every single week. When I do live streaming, it's on the website. There's some reviews up there. There's some other cool content on youtube.com slash densepixels. So go check that out. And, of course, no matter what app you use for your podcast, subscribe to this show. Subscribe to The Nerd Apocalypse. Subscribe to Black on Black Cinema. And subscribe to Coming Distractions so that you have access to the full slate of TNP Studios podcast. They're all excellent. Subscribe to all of them wherever you get your podcasts. So into the news, the, the, the top story that's not politics related, undoubtedly, uh, was the collapse of Fortnite that happened over the weekend. So Fortnite promised. And then the rebirth. And the rebirth as well, yes. Yeah. Much like Jesus, it's back after Almost three days. Um, so what happened is that uh, this, the 10th Fortnite season was ending on Sunday. Fort, uh, Epic promised a big event. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the lower. Apparently, like a rocket that had been dormant got launched into the sky and it opened up a black hole. And the black hole sucked up the entire world. So that from Sunday until about 4 a.m. Eastern time today, Tuesday, if you log into Fortnite – on any platform. It was just a black hole. Just a black hole. Uh, no countdown clock, no explanation as to what was going on. Uh, young children around the world were in a full-fledged panic. Uh, the dumber among us wondered if Fortnite, if Fortnite was dead. Um, you fools, why would you imagine they would kill the golden goose? That would be stupid. Um, obviously what happened is Fortnite took the game down for extended downtime because they were preparing a major update. The problem is they didn't announce the update. And they didn't give anyone a timetable on when the game was going to come back. Instead, created quite a viral <laughs> sensation because as I looked on Monday night in the afternoon or, you know, around 6 p.m. in the evening, I went over to Twitch just for curiosity's sake, went to the Browse tab, and the top watched the game at 6 p.m. on Monday with about 240,000 viewers at the time was people staring at a black hole. <laughs> so it's remarkable. Right. But Fortnite's back. Uh, but Fortnite, as we know it, is changed forever, Carrie. It's now Fortnite Chapter 2, Season 1. And uh, they've released a major update, but without patch notes. They're letting players discover these things for themselves. The biggest change is that there's a brand new map. It's going to have the same hills, the same forest that players are used to from the old map. But now it has rivers. Which the new map did not have before. Whoa, oh, crazy! A water feature, right? And there's a boat oh, now. There's a boat you can hop in to navigate these uh, these rivers. Some returning favorite locations are back, but there's also a whole bunch of new ones. And apparently, a lot of the best weapons that were collaborated in the game throughout the first chapter, I guess, of Fortnite, uh, have been vaulted. And so now we're kind of back to basic ass weapons. So I have a list here of uh, of 
gameplay changes uh, that are in the game. And uh, so we'll check it out. So we have the new map we talked about, several new locations. Uh, you can hide in small spaces like barrels now. If they don't let you do it in a cardboard box at some point, then that's a huge missed opportunity. Uh, there's a new UI that apparently is better than the old UI. And you can now carry downed players uh, to help oh. them move faster. So, And that's just what we've discovered so far. Because, again, they have not released full patch notes yet to break down all of the changes in the new game. That's that's kind of cool. I hope they don't release new patch notes. Like, I hope there's just, like, a bunch of shit that people never discover. Can you think of a more more viral video game moment in recent history than than the, what we experienced this past weekend? Uh, no, probably not. Um, I mean, I, I no longer work in gaming retail, mm. and I'm not around preteen children so my <laughs> exposure to Fortnite has been fortunately very limited um but yeah i mean no one could escape people talking about the fucking black hole this weekend <laughs> like i was just like ah oh, Fortnite's down interesting and like i moved on with my life but the fact that like again i i have like no fucking context frame of reference for the significance of that is interesting and the fact that they got like a quarter million people to stare into a black hole for hours on end right waiting and, for something to happen and by like, the way if, not, if not that just... doesn't speak to the stranglehold that Fortnite has on contemporary pop culture right now i don't know what does right and and the event leading up to that by the way like the end event that they were promoting broke stupid like viewing records on yeah. Twitch and YouTube. Um, I don't remember the actual figures. I want to say I heard somewhere like 45 million views on Twitch and another like 25 million on YouTube, which is That's just fucking batshit crazy. That's a lot. So yeah. So yeah. If you had any proclivities about Fortnite's dominance uh, being diminished, uh, I would imagine that the events of this past weekend probably uh, proved you wrong. So Fortnite is still here, still better than ever. How much money, how much revenue do you expect Fortnite lost by being down for nearly two days? I don't think it was Fortnite that really lost or that Ep- much or money. Epic, rather. But I think the um I think the live streamers maybe lost a decent amount of money. Yeah. I think that I think the folks who stream for a living probably lost a lot more than Epic or Fortnite did because by Building up all of this suspense as far as like what what's going to be on the other side of this black hole? What's going to fucking happen um, for what, 48 hours or whatever? Mm. Um, it now has this wave of new interest in chapter two, um, which is maybe bringing back some people who had dropped the game and stuff like that. So yeah, I think all in a, all a calculated risk. Yeah. And, and again, every game has to do this like Destiny when right before they released Shadowkeep, had to take the game offline for 24 hours before, you know, they could they could launch it. Because usually if you're doing a big patch like this, you got to make sure that everything is solid and good to go. Uh, I am yep. a little shocked that they didn't have any, like, service interruptions or anything, any problems getting people onboarded again today. I guess it just speaks to the fucking a massive server farm that uh, <laughs> Epic probably has for this game. So, But, yeah, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite is dead. Long live Fortnite. Uh, after what happened this week. So, very cool. Sony uh, has confirmed a holiday 2020 release 
for the PlayStation 5. Uh, yep. It's going to be called the PlayStation 5. That was also confirmed today as if it was going to be called anything else. Right. Uh, they confirmed backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4 games uh, without any limitations as far as I can see. And they also talked about the PlayStation 5, uh, the new controller that's going to be coming with that. They are, instead of having the typical, well, I guess it's not a DualShock controller at this point. Uh, they're getting rid of the old Rumble-style DualShocks, uh, and they're now going to have haptic feedback in the controller. So that, I guess, kind of similar to, or kind of like a more evolved version of like Microsoft's impulse triggers that they have on the Xbox One controllers, mm-hmm. where depending on what it is in your is you're doing, the feedback that you'll get will be different. Um, they're also incorporating it into the triggers as well, which again, Microsoft did this console generation. But now developers are going to be able to program <clears throat> the resistance that you get from these triggers so that you can, so that like shooting a gun and drawing a bowstring will feel different or, you know, accelerating a vehicle will feel different. So, and the developers will have control over that as opposed to, you know, just controller settings, that sort of thing. So it seems interesting. Um, I, I I don't think there's anything surprising here as far as the news no. goes. So, No. I, I guess I was a little surprised in how this news was released. Very nonchalantly, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, here it is, whatever. Um, may, may, I, I have to wonder if, if the way that they did this was in an attempt to get ahead of uh, any potential leaks mm-hmm. that they may have been made aware of. Um, but yeah, none of this is surprising. Are you suggesting that Sony's a company that's privy to having leaks, massive leaks come out about their products before they're ready to announce them? Hmm. Perish the thought. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, moving on from there. So Google announced that Founders Edition uh, Stadia folks are going to be able to start playing Google Stadia, I believe, on November 17th. Was the date, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, they also there's also a study that came out from the NPD group, who of course tracks uh, physical game sales and retailers and stuff like that, and not just games, but all sorts of products in the United States. Uh, that suggests that monthly broadband caps from internet service providers in the United States are might become an issue once uh, streaming platforms become much more prevalent. So, according to the NPD group, uh, America has an estimated 34 million gamers who play, and this number seems very high to me, 22 hours per week on average. So if those gamers who are playing 22 hours a week on average were to shift to Stadia as their primary platform and they were streaming their games with the full 4K bandwidth, they would burn burn through 1,386 gigabytes of data monthly, and that's just for gaming. That doesn't include YouTube. It doesn't include music. It doesn't include regular net service. Streaming television, Netflix, yeah, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, they also surveyed uh, 943 gamers. Only 17% of those gamers said that they were sure that they had a broadband cap from their internet service provider. 21% said they weren't sure one way or the other whether their broadband service was metered. So we talked about this on the show before. It's one of the big knocks that we put on Stadia. Um, cool to see data supporting yeah. that conclusion. I, this doesn't surprise me at all. Like, of course, this was going to be an issue. Did did like did anyone think that this was not going to be an issue? Right. Like streaming streaming games that are that large 
for however many hours it takes to finish a game, which can be upwards of a hundred hours or more. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think this is going to be a primary factor in the stadia not doing as well as Google hopes that it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's the big problem is that it doesn't get talked about a lot because it doesn't usually impact most people. But like we said before, most folks, I would imagine the majority of people in America, um, might have one, maybe two broadband service providers that are even available to them mm -hmm. to choose from. Like in like in Baltimore, which is not it's not like fucking Podunk City. Like Baltimore no. is fucking Baltimore. Baltimore, you have one. No, you, you have, have you, I have two. Like, but okay. not everybody has two because Verizon is only in places where Verizon decided they wanted to be. So, like, yeah. I have Fios. I could be with Comcast if I wanted to. No, Balt like, in the city proper, because mm -hmm. you're in fucking Dundalk, and that's different. Um, in the city proper, you're basically limited to just Comcast. At least you were when I was living in the city. I'm out in Baltimore County now, and I mm -hmm. have Fios because it's Baltimore County. But when I was living in the city proper, mm -hmm. it was... It was Comcast or death, right. apparently. And, and to the point, when I lived in when I lived in Cockeysville, it was only Comcast. Like I didn't have yeah. BIOS out there as well. Um, so this is a problem. It could be potentially be a huge problem. And yeah, so if you plan on getting Stadia, uh, I would definitely look into your ISP plan. Make sure that you don't have any throttling caps or you know hard caps on your data. Yeah, um, because that might run in might be a problem. Might yeah. be a problem. So mm -hmm. uh, more on that as that rolls out. I'll be interested to see uh, what that looks like when Stadia comes out. Uh, the Coalition said that if you quit too many years, too, sorry, if you quit too many matches in Gears of War 5 multiplayer, uh, you might get a two-year <laughs> ban. Uh, I don't have a problem with this because it prevents people from being bitches about shit. But I guess my one hang up is um, like, what if someone's having a, a connection issue? Like, right. what if what if that, you know, what if it's innocuous? Uh, do, do they have a way to tell if someone quit because they DC'd or because they manually decided to leave the match? Like, if they have a way to check, then no problem. But I don't I, I hope people don't get punished for having a wonky internet moment, you know? Well, it seems like it is only impacting frequent quitters. Like it's it, it, okay. like, if you, like if you have the one odd one here, or there, cause like I said, like you said, sometimes you have a connection issue. Uh, sometimes you get, you get attacked. Like, you know, I, as I talked about earlier, like I've been DDoS before, it's not fucking fun and you can't do anything about that. Um, so I would imagine that like, if it, if it's a one off or if it happens like once in a blue moon that they're not going to, take action against you but if yeah. they see it happening all the time um and and, and then apparently the um da dana sisons who is the microsoft director of communication um clarified that the players who were being banned left a majority of their matches like so i'm assuming that i'm, yeah. I'm assuming he's saying majority is in the actual terms of more than 50 percent yeah. of their actual matches so um it seems harsh but again when pe people quitting out especially in more high level play yeah. Um, I, that sucks. Uh, they've definitely been on the receiving end for that. It's no fun. Um, and, and apparently according to like one of the users that complained about this on Twitter, uh, he had quit in 18 of 21 matches in a day prior to his ban. So 
play bitch games, win bitch prizes. That is the carry motto for sure. So, <laughs> so very good. Uh, we talked about Twitch. So I didn't know that Bernie Sanders had a Twitch channel. Um, he does yeah. that streams like, you know, his rallies and things of that nature. Uh, now Donald Trump has a Twitch channel as well. Cool. So can, can we ban boomers from the platform entirely? That would be cool. Um, <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. He has 50,000 followers on Twitch now. How many of them are Russian bots? That's a great question. That is a fantastic question. That's what I want to know. Yep. Yep. So listen. So if you want to, if you want to watch Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump rallies, uh, you can turn to Twitch for such a thing. <laughs> yep. Bernie Sanders ones are fun. It's fun to watch a crazy old Jewish guy <laughs> ra- railing about healthcare. Just days and weeks and after he had a heart attack. Oh God. And he's back. So remarkable. And then finally, uh, Doom Eternal, originally slated to come out November 22nd uh, of this year, has been delayed to March 2020, March 20th, 2020, to be precise. Oh. Uh, Id Software said it's delaying the game, so quote, Doom Eternal will live up to our standards of speed and polish. Cool. Uh, uh, also, maybe not entirely finally, because this is sort of breaking as we started recording. Mm. Um, Riot Games, known for League of Legends, uh, is holding Riot Fest right now, and they have just announced a new competitive first-person shooter currently called Project A. They are also working on what appears to be a Diablo-style RPG. Uh, I believe that's called Project F. And I think they are also working on a League of Legends fighting game. Uh, so that's literally all stuff that is broke within the last half hour. So Hmm. since we've been recording, um, so I'm sure we'll have more details on that stuff next week for next week's episode. Yes. But I wanted to note it now so that we didn't have to be, have, didn't have to explain to people why we didn't talk about it on this show, (laughs) which all, which has been happening every fucking week. (laughs) It has. So So, let's, we got it in. That's fantastic. Maybe I'll actually play a Riot game now at some point. I will not. <laughs> we'll see. Um, look, I mean, if you want to play League of Legends, that's great. If you want to get your League of Legends money, like, you know, your money to buy skins and all your other knickknacks and your League of Legends and whatnot as well. Oh, I'm I pretty sure they sell those on Amazon. You can buy them from Amazon if you want to. You can probably also buy them directly from, like, the Riot store. But I bet you Amazon has, like, League of Legends gift cards. I'm going to check. All right. That's fine. But when you buy your League of Legends gift cards, make no, sure. you can. Yes. Make sure you do it at densepixels.com slash Amazon. So you don't pay a dollar more. You don't pay a cent more. You're going to pay the same price you'd pay anyway. But we get a small percentage of the sale. So instead of supporting a lot of corporations that have a lot of multinational interests that might not line up with your personal views, we're foreshadowing the next story that we're going to talk about. You mm. can help in a small way support us as well. So again, densepixels.com slash Amazon. Whenever you buy anything on Amazon, big or small. And just remember, Jeff Bezos doesn't need the money. No. But we do. Yes. But we do. So obviously. Well, Brad does. I don't see any of that money. <laughs> 
I haven't seen a lot of money, any of that money in recent times either, so don't worry about yeah. that. Um, it's all it's all going to to Jay's embezzlement fund. He's got he's got kids now. He's got to feed. So, um, obviously, so that's why people have kids. Yeah, that's so they can get they can embezzle money from their podcasts and networks. Oof. That's exactly why. Yep. Obviously, the Blizzard fiasco is our top story this week, and there's a lot to go over. So, I think the best way to do it. We're just going to run down the sequence of events that have happened over the past nine days. And then we're going to talk about it. Chronologically. It's yes. an amazing story. So the thing that set all of this off is that Blizzard suspended uh, a Hearthstone professional player who goes by Blizz Chung. Uh, that's how he's been referred to during in all these stories. Uh, he's based in Hong Kong. And they suspended him from the Hearthstone Grandmasters because he did a post-game interview on October 6th, and he demonstrated support for the fight for Hong Kong independence that's currently going on right now. For those of you that are unaware, uh, people in Hong Kong are protesting a law that mainland China was trying to impose, uh, Hong Kong, of course, a Chinese territory uh, that China was trying to impose that would allow the Chinese government to extradite Hong Kong citizens uh, and to, to serve charges and crimes in mainland China. Uh, Hong Kong folks thought this is bullshit. There's been protests going on for many, many months. And the protests, even though the law that was being proposed has been, has been quashed, the Chinese government's not going to move forward with it. Now they're trying to get other stuff and, and ensure that Hong Kong remains free of the influences of the Chinese government. So Chung was on a, or, or sorry, Blizz Chung was on a Taiwanese Hearthstone broadcast. Uh, he was wearing a gas mask and goggles following a win against a player from South Korea. Uh, gas masks apparently are, are a sign of this protest as well. He said, liberate Hong Kong revolution of our time, which is a slogan uh, in associated with the protest. The broadcast quickly cut away from the interview. They pulled the video of the stream offline later. So what happened is on October 8th, Blizzard said that his statement violated the tournament rules, specifically a rule against doing anything that quote, brings you into public disrepute offends a portion or group of the public or otherwise damages Blizzard's image. They took the money that he earned this season in the Hearthstone Grandmasters uh, season, which was 3000 bucks plus an extra $500 for each win, took it all from him, and they banned him from participating in Hearthstone events for one year. They also fired the two streamers, or the two casters, I should say, uh, that were conducting the interview with him as well. Okay, and this of course came on the heels of Houston Rockets general manager tweeting support of Hong Kong in a tweet, and then the Hong Kong or the Chinese government getting really pissed off. The NBA kind of batting his hand a little bit, but then coming out and actually supporting free speech. So the NBA has been going through a similar thing, but they went, you know, they're going through stuff as well. So that was what happened. To everything so immediately, immediately you had outcry on Twitter. Uh, the hashtag boycott Blizzard, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, started trending pretty much immediately as soon as the news broke of this happening. So not good if you're Blizzard, uh, but they remained quiet through this. So shortly after that, a Hearthstone team from American University uh, during a during like a post stream that they had as well during an official event uh, held up a sign that said "Free Hong Kong Boycott Blizzard." Uh, they the match was cut away immediately again. The match was not available on the Hearthstone channel. They pulled the match there as well. Uh, they did this in solidarity 
with Blizz Chung. Uh, they thought how he was treated was unfair. Uh, I will point out that the American University team is full of three white kids, and as of yet, they've not been punished so far. So yeah. there's that going on uh, right now as well. So <clears throat> shortly after that, a prominent Hearthstone caster, uh, Brian Kibler, quit in protest at Blizzard's action. He said that he will, quote, have no involvement in Grandmasters unless something changes following Blizzard's decision. Uh, he says, quote, I won't pretend to understand either the intricacies of the geopolitical situation in China and Hong Kong or the full extent of Blizzard's business interest there. There's the key term. But to me, this penalty feels like it's deeply rooted in both. The heavy handedness of it feels like someone insisted that Blizzard uh, make an example of Blizz Chung, not only to discourage others from similar acts in the future, but also to appease those upset by the outburst itself. So he quits. Uh, shortly after that, Epic ever the opportunist releases, (laughs) releases a statement saying that Epic says it's not going to bland players for political speech. Um, I will note by the way that Blizzard, uh, Chinese company Tencent has a minority stake in Blizzard. Uh, they have a lot more invested into Epic games. Yeah. FYI. Yeah. So. Which sort of makes Epic's statement about it a little more impactful. Yes, it does. Um, simply, simply because there's more money for them to lose by being like, nah, whatever. Like, we're not going to stop people from saying that. Right. So. So following this, uh, Nathan Zamora, another Hearthstone caster, uh, said that he is also going to quit from Hearthstone Grandmasters from the broadcast for the rest of the season. Uh, he said in a statement, quote, Blizz Chung's actions to support Hong Kong speaks to me far more than I could have imagined. It takes courage to stand up for what you believe in and to make sacrifices in the process. His actions are inspiring to me, and I support him wholeheartedly. Uh, he's been a member of the Hearthstone community for quite a long time, uh, first as a player, and now he's a commentator for the North American Hearthstone Grandmaster broadcast, but apparently... Not right now. So he decided to step down as well. So it was announced that a group is going to be organizing <coughs> massive protests at the upcoming BlizzCon convention. Man, timing is a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be going oh, on soon. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, other Blizzard fans are trying to co-op the image of my or, or is it my or May? May. I can know, May from, from Overwatch as yeah. a symbol of Hong Kong Revolution as well. Uh, in the hopes that the Chinese government will ban, will ban uh, the characters like this from being able to appear anywhere, I guess. Which would well, be yeah, fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, because, like, China banned Winnie the Pooh because people kept drawing, like, the dictator as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so, like, I'm pretty sure in Kingdom Hearts, which features Winnie the Pooh and I think every game, like, he's just, like, awkwardly smudged out or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look this up. It's really funny. So after all, so this all happens over the course of five days during this entire sequence of events going on as the internet's talking about every day, as there's new news about the story every single day, Blizzard is silent. Protests are going on by Blizzard employees at Blizzard headquarters, silent protest and, or, and organized gatherings as well. Blizzard is silent. So, Friday afternoon at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, always, always, always a hot bed to, a hot time to release a press conference. 
Yep, do that while everyone's leaving for work on Friday and right. hope that no one pays attention. That's that's what that move is. Blizzard finally makes a statement. So they decide that their suspension was harsh. Uh, they returned the prize money to Blizzchung. They reduced his suspension uh, and, the, and the, that of the casters that they had fired originally uh, to six months instead. Uh, so they said that because he didn't cheat during the tournament um, – then that's the, he deserves his money. But playing fair also includes appropriate pre and post match conduct, especially when a player accepts recognition for winning a broadcast. This all comes from Jay Allen Brack, by the way, the current president uh, of mm. Blizzard. Um, he, he also says a couple other things in the statement. Now, the statement was really fucking weak sauce, by the way. I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously. You should, though, because it's terrible. Yeah. Um, they had five days to come up with this. Over the weekend, Blizz Chung used his segment to make a statement about the situation in Hong Kong in violation of rules he acknowledged and understood, and this is why we took action. Quote, every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where all are welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. And, uh... The the other part that got people's that got people's kind of gall up is part of thinking globally, leading responsibly, and every voice matters, which are apparently Blizzard's core tenets, is recognizing that we have players and fans in almost every country in the world. Our goal is to help players connect in areas of commonality, like their passion for our games, and create a sense of shared community. The specific views expressed by Blizzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear: our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. If this had been the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same. I kind of doubt that. Yeah. I, I, it's, it, it's, it's, I, it's I such have a, to doubt it. such a mealy mouth statement. Um, and then since then, uh, they were supposed to have an event at the Nintendo store, uh, at times square today for Rockefeller for tomorrow for oh sorry Rockefeller you're right it is Rockefeller yeah. Center uh, tomorrow for the launch of Overwatch on the Switch and Blizzard that decided to cancel that event probably wisely uh, yeah. considering the massive amount of protests that would have <laughs> inevitably spawned in oh, fucking yeah. New York City it's uh it's interesting um and I'm sure we can just move right into the next part of our conversation I've had a lot of friends who said oh yeah I was gonna try Overwatch on Switch now say. No, I'm not buying it. So like, I was listening to Imran Khan, uh, who's a contributor to Kind of Funny. Uh, I was listening to the Kind of Funny uh, Games broadcast that they do daily at one of the episodes last week. He has a friend uh, that works inside Nintendo's customer service department. And mm-hmm. she called him one day and was like, hey. Or she called him, I think it was like Tuesday last week. And she's like, hey, we're getting a weird amount of people calling to cancel their pre-order for Overwatch on Switch. Like, is something like what's going on? Like, she was completely unaware of the uh, firestorm yeah. around it. So, yeah, apparently that wasn't a small thing. Like that, a lot of folks were like, Meh, "Fuck this." Yeah, that a lot of people um, seemed like there were so many people deleting their Blizzard accounts on PC and whatnot. That the system was getting overloaded with deletion requests. Because right. it's not designed to handle that many of those right. at a time. Um, so. So I, I, let, me, let me say, I am, I am sympathetic to the position 
that Blizzard finds themselves in. They are far from the only company that has financial interests in China and many other places around the world that aren't great on human rights, that aren't pro-democracy, you know, things of that nature. And we all understand that to some extent. And it's a, it's an uncomfortable reality that we have to deal with, but we understand that China's economy, China's industry, China's manufacturing and Chinese citizenry, considering how many people live in China and consume products is woven into the world economy. There's really no way to avoid that. And I think there's a sort of a tacit understanding of most people that say, I understand that this is the way the world is. All I'm going to ask is that you don't rub my face in it, that you don't force me to confront the fact that this is the reality of the situation. Yeah, I there's I've I've been seeing a lot over the last couple of years, really, the phrase there is no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. And that's sort of what this is. Um, virtually every single day, you're probably interacting with a company that is doing business somewhere or interacting with a political system or lobbyists or something like that that may not be ethically sound. Um but what you can do as individuals is make choices that best line up with your uh, outlook on the world, which is why I don't eat at fucking Chick-fil-A anymore, for example. Um, well, now, that's... I've personally never been a big fan of Blizzard to begin with. Um, I enjoyed Diablo, and that's about it. And if I never played Diablo again... I wouldn't be too torn up about it. So it's, it's the idea that you have large companies that do business worldwide, such as Blizzard, but such as virtually every other significant gaming publisher and developer out there that is doing business in, in China in in mainland China. Um, and it's there's a lot of business to be had there, and it's a difficult economic position to put yourself in to say, okay, well, we're not going to do business there anymore. At that point, well, okay, what does that mean for the games that everyone else in the world wants to see developed? Like, how much of an economic impact does that have? Right, and, and by the, the way, the your, your shareholders, if you're a publicly traded company, as Activision is, uh, are not going to accept you saying, you know what, we're just going to say fuck off to that 10 to 15% of revenue yeah. that, that we get every year from China. It's, uh, again, I am, I am sympathetic to the position that Blizzard is in here. Um, I do think that they handled this particular incident particularly well, poorly. That's the thing. So, so part two of my statement is while we have a tacit understanding that this is the way of the world, if you kick up a hornet's nest, mm -hmm. you'd better get ready to go to the mat or face the fucking consequences. And let me tell you something. It is un it is unfortunate that this happened for Blizzard. It is super unfortunate that it happened at the same time that the NBA situation was happening as well. Because mm -hmm. the NBA came out of the gate not so great on that situation. But then Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, went to fucking China and gave a press conference and said, you know what? 
I understand that people are upset and I understand that some people disagree with what Daryl Morey tweeted, but at the end of the day, we support free speech. Daryl Morey has been punished. Daryl Morey has been held to account. He still has his job. He has been told to stop tweeting or anything like that. He gave a shitty statement that I'm sure he was leaned on by the Houston Rockets to do, but the NBA came out in support of him. Now it has been perfect. Uh, there was a video that went out of a couple guys who brought a free Hong Kong sign to the Capital One Arena uh, at an exhibition game where the Washington Wizards were playing a team from China. And uh, there's a video that got tweeted out that went viral of the security at the Capital One Arena uh, trying to confiscate the sign from these guys as they were sitting at courtside while the American National Anthem was playing in the background. So that wasn't a great um, look. Uh, of course, yeah. uh, LeBron James uh, made a complete and full of himself by uh, with the statement that he gave earlier today during press availability that uh, is basically the modern day equivalent of Michael Jordan saying Republicans buy sneakers too. Um, So that's not really, uh, not really a great look as well. Mm. So again, not perfect. What happened with the NBA? Um, But like you said, I can't imagine a way to handle this worse. If you're blizzard. Yeah. Waiting five days plus to give a statement, releasing your press release at the, at, at the fucking, you know, at, at a time that just lets you say, we don't want to fucking deal with this shit. Yeah. Basically like, here's our release. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how, Hey, everyone's voice matters, but except you, for that guy, right, except for this guy's cause he's still being punished. He's still being suspended. They gave right. him his winnings back. And they lessened the suspension. But at the end of the day, it very much seems like they are walking back on what was probably initially a knee-jerk reaction um, because of the public outcry. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's... I understand having a policy of, like, don't use your post-game interview as a professional Hearthstone player, as an extension of this company to talk about political shit like that. I understand that policy. And I think that is a reasonable policy. And I think if they had suspended him two months or whatever for, for doing that to begin with, I think people would have been mad, but I don't think people would have been as mad. And I think if they had come out and said, he violated this, we don't have a problem with his opinions, but he can't be expressing those opinions while acting in an official capacity of Hearthstone and and representing our game like that, I think that's a reasonable expectation. And I think that would have been a reasonable response. But they took away his money, suspended him for years, suspended the casters, did all this other stuff. And then the whole world went, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? And canceled all their subscriptions, canceled pre-orders. And it, it wasn't until Blizzard had a week's worth of statistics as far as like, how much money did we fucking lose this week before they decided to be like, okay, maybe we overreacted a little bit. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing that rings hollow about the entire thing. The knee jerk reaction came from the fact that they saw what happened over with the NBA. They saw mm-hmm. Chinese companies, you know, pulling their support their sponsorship dollars from the NBA. They saw the Chinese NBA store pulling all of their Houston Rockets merchandise out of the store. 
And they said, holy shit, we don't want that to fucking happen to us. We better take a strong stance against this fucking toot sweet. I don't care if the Chinese government or, or your interest in China didn't directly get you to make the suspension happen in the first place. It was absolutely a fucking factor. And to, yeah. and to deny that that's the truth is completely disingenuous. It's completely it's a fucking disingenuous. lie. And like you said, it was only after the shit fucking hit the fan and other Hearthstone players from around the world said, this is bullshit. And mm-hmm. like you, and like you mentioned, canceling pre-orders, like you mentioned, deleting their accounts. Only then did they realize, oh, it, it can work the other way too. Mm-hmm. So we better come back and find a middle ground. Like not even like we fucked up our bad. We support free speech. No punishments at all. That would have been the correct thing to do and to just fucking own it and be like, man, we fucked this up really hard. No. They, the statement they give is, we're just following our tournament guidelines, guys. Mm-hmm. When you break the rules, you have to be punished. Them's the breaks. That's, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like, that's your response? I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what's going to fucking happen at BlizzCon this year. Oh, it's going to be a yeah. spectacular show. Don't you guys though. have phones? Yeah, it's going to be used to record <laughs> the fucking protests that are happening mm-hmm. at your signature event. Holy shit. So, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I don't really know what happens to Blizzard at this point. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be very sour about this for quite some time. And I think it's going to be rightfully so. Um, again, I've had friends who are longtime Blizzard fans, big time Overwatch fans, big time Hearthstone players. Uh, big time World of War, long time World of Warcraft players who decided after Blizzard handled this as absolutely fucking poorly as they did, uh, I'm I'm not playing these games anymore, or at least not for the foreseeable future. Um, so I think this 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 is the kind of incident that causes potentially irreparable damage to a brand's image. Um, so it's uh. It's it's interesting. Well, um, as far as I'm going to take the far more cynical approach. Time makes people forget a lot of things. Yeah, and that's also true. Yeah, like the timing of this is poor. Uh, BlizzCon is in a little more than two weeks. This is still going to be probably fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I think Blizzard's going to lay real fucking low up until BlizzCon. That's for sure. Like they're not yeah. going to want to kick up any more shit. Um, but I don't think that this is going to go away entirely. But that being said, if they're like. Here's Diablo 4, guys. Like, they showed up at BlizzCon. Like, people are, people get real short memories when yeah. that shit happens. So, we'll see. Um, my question to you, so you brought up the fact that there's a lot of companies and a lot of gaming companies that do have interest in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that Blizzard is going to be the last gaming company that gets caught up in this specific issue uh, around the political situation currently going on in China? Uh... Given that they are hardly the only company that engages in major esports, um, are they the most significant? Probably. They are among but, the most significant. Riot, Riot is also another company yeah. that bears paying attention to for this uh, right. specific circumstance. Yeah. I, I think the other companies, the other devs and publishers that engage in high-tier public esports um, – That'll 
those will probably be the ones that you're going to have to watch more than anyone. Like, I don't think you're going to see, like, I don't know, like, Bungie get <laughs> caught up in this, you know, like, or, or like, Square Enix. Like, I, I don't think you're going to see um, developers and publishers of, you know, non-esports titles really say anything one way or the other because they don't have the the casters and the the esports players um representing the company or the brand in that sort of fashion um but i think this is the last gaming company we will see get ensnared in this negative of a fashion yeah i, I, think, I, I don't think there's any way that any other company that is forced to confront this issue is going to fuck it up this bad mm-hmm. because they now have the playbook on what not to do that's basically it so. is is the rest of the industry saw how Blizzard handled this and said, okay, cool, so we're not going to do any of that, and we'll adjust our strategy accordingly. Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I do think this that, that Blizzard has taken what will ultimately be the brunt of the sort of uh, damage that this sort of thing can have. All right. Uh, this actually transitions very nicely into the Dense Pixels post office. Again, if you are not a member of a fan group, go to densepixels.com slash fans and join our Facebook group today. Malcolm says, fuck yeah, we got more carry. With everything going on with various gaming companies like Blizzard, Gearbox, and Telltale, uh, where do you – and, of course, you know Gearbox with the whole Randy Pitchford nonsense, Telltale with going bankrupt, <laughs> essentially. Uh, where do you as a consumer draw the line <laughs> – and refuse to invest your money into the product. Well, I mean, again, it, it goes back to they're not, there's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. Um, all you can do is do your research on, on what these gaming companies are doing with their money um, and where they're choosing to spend it and how they're choosing to treat the people who work for them and so on and so forth. Um, and, draw the line for yourself. I mean, Telltale is sort of being revived, but not really. Then most of the people who got fucked over by the Telltale situation aren't going to benefit from the new version of the company. Um, So I personally have no interest in whatever Telltale revival. I still think what happened to those guys is super fucked. Um, I mean... I, I think the way Blizzard handled the situation is really poor, um, mm-hmm. but I already don't really spend money on Blizzard product. Um, I mean, for me, like my my line is like, I'm not gonna, I'm I will not knowingly spend money on companies or on products that would somehow result in even a fraction of a cent on the dollar. Uh, going to things that support um, like homophobia or racism or um, basically right-wing politics in general. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to get super political on this podcast, but I consider myself pretty progressive. Um, Shocker. You're in the TFP Studios Network. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like for, for me, like it's, it's just trying to be aware and and drawing that line for yourself. Like if the CEO of fucking I don't know 
what's a game I got coming out soon? Uh, Digimon Stories published by Bandai. So, like, if the CEO of Bandai came out tomorrow and was like, wow, I fucking hate gay people, uh, I probably wouldn't buy Digimon Stories Cybersleuth <laughs> accordingly, you know? So it, you just, you have to, you have to do the research. You have to figure out, you know, does, does that have, like, do you feel a sense of responsibility for that? Because a lot of people don't. Like, a lot of people go to fucking Chick-fil-A and get those nuggies and don't have any problem with it. Even though we now know that, like, the CEO of uh, Chick-fil-A is, like, funding terrible things against, the LGBT community in Africa and stuff like that. Right. There are a lot of people who just don't care. A uh, lot, a lot of apathy in the world. So, well, and and I think I think too. This goes back to my point: is it really, it really does depend on how much a company or an artist or someone of that nature rubs that shit in your face. Yeah. Like, like the reason one of the re- and again, I bring this point up to just just to be contrary, but I also recognize that Ike Perlmutter who is former CEO of Marvel Entertainment, or is he still? I don't even know. He, he is still, isn't he? I don't know. Okay. I'm pretty sure he, like Perlmutter, is still associated with Marvel. That dude's a piece of shit. But Marvel, especially Marvel Films, doesn't rub Ike Perlmutter all up in your face. So yeah, he, he is the chairman and CEO. Okay. Of, um, or he is the chairman of Marvel Entertainment. Okay. Yes. So, but you might not even realize that because they – don't let Ike Perlmutter fucking be out there front and center talking about Marvel shit. They don't. No. They don't want his face anywhere near that fucking stuff. No, because they know he's they, massively. A lot of people who have worked on Marvel films are like, man, if not for the fact that Perlmutter got in the way, we could have done Black Panther five fucking years ago. Right. Like, and then and like a good example of this also is like Kevin Spacey. So like when when the Kevin Spacey allegations mm-hmm. came out, for example, didn't really affect my ability to enjoy Kevin Spacey's art that much. I felt a little bit worse about it when Kevin Spacey did that really weird fucking video that he posted like in character as Frank Underwood, but talking about like, like veil, like vaguely talking about these allegations that were against him. Like that ain't the move, Kevin Spacey. No, <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not what you want to be doing right now. So, I'm pretty good at being able to separate the art from the R's usually, but if you if you force me to confront your your issues, like if you force me to to come face to face with that and make me make an ethical or moral decision, chances are that's probably not going to bode well uh, for yeah. me supporting your company going forward. And I am someone that enjoys Blizzard's products. Uh, I am a large, I'm a big Diablo fan. Uh, I play Hearthstone and Overwatch. Very casually, but you're right because now they forced me to confront this and I've gotten to see how colossally they fucked up the response to this situation. Like you said, next time I have to decide if I want to give them dollars, I'm going to have to pause. Yeah. I'm going to have to pause on it because you, you can't even stand up for your community. Right. So how the fuck, why, why would I want to, why would I want to support you? Because you, you claim to be all about the gamers, but you don't give a fuck. You care about that dollar. And I know, yeah. like, I know that, like, I, like, I didn't have to be shown this to know that, but again, you rubbed it in my face. Yeah. And so now that's, that's the consequence of that. So, yep. uh, Jacob says to me, let's just all admit it. The fiend is exactly what WWE needs. Uh, this proper wild card is amazing and WWE better not fuck it up. Carrie, are you familiar 
I because I know nope. you're not watching wrestling. So you know who Bray Wyatt is, correct? No. Nope. Okay, so that's right. He was kind of he was not really <laughs> around during that brief period of time where you were watching some some pro graphs for a while. So Bray Wyatt um, has. Had I mean, a, now that they're on Fox, I might watch. Yeah. Them. Well, the Fiend will be on SmackDown. He's a SmackDown superstar now. So Bray Wyatt was a guy who his gimmick, his old gimmick was like running like a Rob Zombie style, like family essentially of like backwoods hillbillies <laughs> with like weird mystic cult powers and shit like that. So that was his gimmick. WWE fashioned him as kind of like a second coming of the undertaker in some ways. Like they're, they they tapped into like some paranormal aspects of his character, that sort of thing. Very cool wrestler, very good dude. Um, and he never, he, ne- they never quite figured out what to do with him, right? They never, they never got it a hundred percent of the way there, despite the fact that they had a pretty good gimmick going. So Bray Wyatt, I don't know if he got hurt or if he just took some time off, but he comes back. <clears throat> they're like, Bray Wyatt's coming back. And the return of Bray Wyatt is this weird Mr. Rogers esque, like segment that they run. Where like Bray Wyatt is like in a sweater and he's like smiling and happy and this, that, or the other. And he has these weird puppets that kind of represent old things from his old gimmicks and stuff like that. And but that's juxtaposed by this seemingly other personality that he has that's called the Fiend. And the Fiend is basically like a horror movie villain, essentially, in WWE form. He has like a crazy like slipknot mask and he's fuck and he doesn't like like he just he talks in like this harsh growl and he has two gloves, one says heal, one says hurt. They did a fantastic job of establishing this character through like vignettes and stuff like that over the course of several months. And since he's gotten in the ring and started wrestling in matches here and there, it was mostly good until the recent Hell in a Cell event where they really had a shitty finish against a match that he had against the WWE Universal Champion Seth Rollins. So it is a very good gimmick. Um, but Jacob, what you're, what, what you're not understanding is that WWE, I love WWE, but man, they fuck up the golden goose more often than I'm, than, than, than they should. It's hard. Like they, they, they're trying to balance playing this character off as like this, like supernatural, like unstoppable force without making him like just dominating the entire company essentially. And it's a weird juxtaposition that they have struck with him. So I highly encourage you to check out some some Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse carry and to check out the Fiend. Very compelling character, one of the coolest characters they've created in quite some time. Uh, but again, WWE fucks shit up all the time, so I'm not. I'm I'm a little worried after the Hell in a Cell thing, but they seem to be establishing a good story to rebound from that for that character. So Henry asks, my daughter is now a Switch owner. She is eight years old. She loves fantasy. And she loves Minecraft. What do y'all recommend as some good starter games that won't leave her bored? And for the record, he is. she asked for Link's Awakening on her own, and he bought it for her. Cool. I was eight years old when I played Link's Awakening for the first time. So, cool. Uh, uh, if she likes fantasy and Minecraft, I would probably recommend that she pick up um, Stardew Valley, which is great. Um, also, when the Rune Factory 4 port comes to uh, Switch, I think I think that's happening later this year. I don't know if they ever uh, like announced an actual relate, but that has a lot of fantasy elements, but also sort of like crafty stuff. So I would I would recommend those. Um, also, 
The Washington Nationals are going to the World Series. Fuck the Cardinals. <laughs> sorry, sorry to all our Missouri listeners. Fuck them. They got swept. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, by Stardew Valley, but like go Nats. I need a beer. <laughs> so, uh, I will. I will just tell you that anything with Nintendo as the publisher, um, you is, keep talking. I'll be right back. Right is is going to be money. Uh, it's it's they're they're fucking chalk picks, like like they're not exciting picks, but like Mario Odyssey, uh, Mario Kart, maybe Breath of the Wild. Like may, I, Breath of the Wild might be a little much for an eight year old, but if she, I don't know, maybe it'll be fine as well. But yeah, anything that Nintendo puts out themselves are is going to be money. Uh, New Super Mario Brothers, you can play that with her as well. That will be a lot of fun too. So like I said my picks are boring. Um, Carrie is definitely the smarter choice here in terms of stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I would say that anything Nintendo publishes uh, is sure to be a safe bet. Carrie is now back. What kind of beer do you have in your hand? Uh, it's a union. It was whatever was in the fridge. <laughs> it's divine. I was a worried that it was hoppy ale. I was worried that it was like a like it. Keystone Light or something at first. That that would have been very tragic. If you had that beer, it's just like drinking beer. Oh, it's an IPA. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Cam says. I don't even care. Because <laughs> the Nats are in the series. You know they're going to win now, right? Like now they finally got, like once they got the goat of, of the ghost of the ALDS or the NLDS off their back, that's all they needed. And they got to keep wearing those blue jerseys. They will. Ryan Zimmerman will get to retire as a champion. I don't think he's going to retire. Isn't he out of contract at the end of the season? Uh, he has like, they, it's one of those things where it's like they have the ability to like extend him automatically or something. Oh, yeah, they, they, they have a team option. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't think they're going to take the team option, but I think if he wants to come back, they'll offer him less money and I he'll see. probably stay. I gotcha. Not me, man. I like like if he find like he finally gets over the hump. He's what thirty five right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd fucking go out champion. Fuck that. Oh. Why well. did I drink this? <laughs> Camp says uh, he finished his first playthrough of Fire Emblem Three Houses on Sunday. He wants to play every single house for sure, but this might end up being his favorite gaming experience of the decade. What game would that be for you guys? And he also asks that he's anxiously awaiting Luigi's Mansion 3. If he's never played one or two, will he be let down? I haven't played one or two. Um, I never, like, I didn't like one, so I didn't play two. Um, they, they look like fun games. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a way for you to, like, demo the game. Um, they're, they're interesting. People have a lot of fun with them. There's a reason why they've made three of them, um, and why they've all sold really well. It's just not a game that I've particularly enjoyed the mechanics of, personally. And uh, what is your favorite gaming experience <sighs> of the decade? Mm. While you ponder, um, it, it's Destiny 2. It's Destiny 2 for me. There could be mm. no other choice. It is the first game that I've ever played that I actually am, like, super excited when other people on my friends list are on when I get on. I normally I normally just like to play single player. Even, like, multiplayer games, I'll just get on by myself. And play multiplayer by myself. Just because sometimes you don't feel like fucking interacting with people, you know? Like, sometimes you just don't feel like talking to people. But Destiny 2 changed that. Like, I love running through Destiny 2 with people. 
It's tremendous fun. I've sunk an ungodly amount of time into this game since it released uh, two years ago. And uh, yeah, that undoubtedly for me, that is my favorite experience uh, that I've had this decade for sure. Mm, I think for me, it's either Persona 5 or Breath of the Wild. Um, those were two games that sort of came out at the same time. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed both um, for sort of different reasons. Like I, I really enjoyed what Nintendo did with um, flipping things for re- breaking tradition, really, with uh, with Breath of the Wild and and with Persona. Um, really good story, really good characters. God, really good music. Um, looking forward to playing Persona Five again when the Royal comes out next year. So, yeah, pro- probably those as far as stuff that has come out since. 2010 um yeah i would say probably those two cool uh speaking of breath of the wild brandon asks Mm -hmm. what do you want the most from the breath of the wild sequel he'd personally like a little more narrative and more side quest this is an all you question for sure because you played a hell of a lot more zelda than i did i would like more of the hot shark man please Uh, a serious answer, though. Uh, yeah, I'd like a little more narrative, a little more side quests. Um, I think if we're exploring things in the years since the calamity has been eradicated, hopefully we see a little more civilization present in Hyrule. Um, maybe things aren't quite so spread out. Maybe Castletown has been rebuilt. I'd like to see. I'd like to see more people. I'd like more new, fun, and exciting NPCs. But I would especially like more of Prince Sidon. Please, thank you, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Um, Trey will finish up with, he says, will Konami ever pull its head out of its own ass and pull a Capcom and start doing at least halfway decent things with their franchises? Trey, the answer to that question is no. Uh, Konami has gone on record to say that they care about money. They don't care about the art. They're, they're perfectly happy making Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill fucking pachinko. pachinko machines and collecting all sorts of money from arcades in Japan. They don't give a fuck about the console gaming space in the year 2019. They do not care. If they did care, they would have never let Hideo Kojima uh, walk away from Konami. So no, they will not pull a Capcom. They no. will be shitty and uh, they will never return to their former glory. Nope. Konami will not. So it's that- unfortunate. It is it is unfortunate because Konami Konami is one of those companies that ten years from now, that generation of gamers will not have any kind of understanding of how big a deal Konami was coming up in the console era of video games. Yeah. They it, like coming up through up up until the like PlayStation two or through the PlayStation two era, I would say. I would make the argument that Konami was one of the Five most important game developing companies of the of the early console, like like you know the NES, SNES, N sixty four, PlayStation generation. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. I think that a lot of the games they put out were massively influential. Um, you know they they were one of the leading companies for getting around the batshit insane Nintendo NES. You can only publish X amount of games per year. On this console, so Konami's like, cool, we're going to create ultra games and, and double the amount of games we can put out on the system, essentially, because that's exactly what they did. Um, Konami was hugely influential. It is very sad to see what has happened uh, to that company in the past, you know, five years especially. 
and they're never going to come back from that. I don't see it happening. Yep. So, well, that's it. Uh, Carrie, thank you so much for fucking logging on super late. Yeah. Super late and doing it during uh, what is the greatest day in Washington Nationals history to this yeah. point. Hopefully, uh, a better day will come. Look, and again, I'm no Nats fan, but if the Yankees somehow make it into the World Series, you better beat the brakes off the fucking Yankees. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. That's all I hope for. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be a delicious way to seal the first world championship for the with Washington the, with, Nationals? With like a literal damn Yankees scenario? Yeah. yeah. that'd be sort of poetic, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I will be fully behind the Nats uh, if, if they're fighting play in New York. Uh, if you guys play Houston, I don't care. <laughs> it does not matter to me uh, so again fair. join our fan group densepixels.com slash fans follow us on social media at densepixels subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast uh, follow Carrie on Twitch Extra yeah, Life couple, yeah, it's coming soon Tell, say what you gotta say couple, so. couple quick things so uh, Extra Life is next month it is the first Saturday in November which I believe is the second um so yeah, that's what I've done for the past few years. Been doing it for charity. I've already raised more than five hundred dollars, so I've upped my goal to seven hundred and fifty. Uh, so if I could make that, that would be swell. All of that music goes straight to help the kids at the Johns Hopkins Children's Center in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, and everything's tax deductible if you care about that. Um, so yeah, I'll be streaming Pokemon Leaf Green, and I'm really excited to do it. Um, also, this weekend, this Sunday. Uh, October 20th, if you are in the Baltimore area this Sunday, uh, the Baltimore Gamers Symphony Orchestra is doing part of Free Fall Baltimore. So it's a free arts event where if you are a musician, you can come in, you can drop in with us. Uh, that is from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Church of St. Anthony uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. More details on our Facebook page. So that's facebook.com slash Baltimore GSO. And then you can drop in, you can rehearse with us. We're going to learn four songs and then we will perform all four of them. Um, so we're doing uh, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Pokemon, and something else I can't remember. But you like those series, right? So come play with us if you're a musician. And then next month on November 8th is our big end of year show. So that is called Majora's Masquerade. And we are theming it to villains, battles, and other foes. And we're going to be playing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, we're going to have a visual component. So there will be game footage running while we play the music live. Uh, so please come out to that. General admission to that is free. Again, visit our Facebook page if you want to come to that. It's going to be a really, really good time. And uh, I play bass guitar in the Baltimore GSO. And I like it a lot. And uh, if you want to come support me, you should do that. Um, other than that, uh, go Nats! leave it there thanks for listening have a great week <laughs> they can't hear they can't hear you waving with a beer in your mouth <laughs> oh see ya bye